Hello and welcome to Crediton Radio. I'm Jake Lloyd and in this episode I've been in conversation with the woman who was named 2020's Citizen of the Year by the Crediton Rotary Club. Her name's Chris Parsons and she helps to run Crediton Food Bank. A couple of weeks ago we sat down and she gave me all sorts of really interesting insights into life at the food bank and I found out what it shows about life in Crediton at this moment in time. So keep listening and you'll find out what it's like to run a food bank during a pandemic. You'll hear what Chris has been surprised by in her encounters with poverty in the town. And you'll learn why now is a pivotal moment in the life of the food bank. But I began by asking Chris what the food bank does other than providing food. Okay, so when I took on this role, um, I was really keen that we wouldn't just be sticking a plaster on a a cut. Uh, So we wanted to do more than just give food parcels. So that's where the community uh, support element came into it. Um, I do a lot of referring people to other agencies that are around, like uh, Citizens Advice or the Church's Housing Action Team, which do debt and money advice all sorts of other areas, but sometimes people just need someone to come alongside them um, and help them through those things. They can go to Citizens Advice, who will give them, say, tasks to do, um, but when they get home, they don't have the either the motivation or the ability just to get it done, and sometimes it just needs someone to get alongside and help them to do that. So that's the kind of things that um, I've been doing, but in all a huge range of, of of different situations. Tell, tell us about one of those situations then. Okay, so one um, gentleman, he's got uh, various health conditions that prevent him from working. He's on benefits. All these things have led him to be quite low. His, his mental health is really quite poor. Um, so one of the things that I was doing was was helping him to look at other options. Um, for quite a while, he wasn't signed off completely from work and had to keep going to the job centre, supposedly doing 35 hours a week searching for jobs. And we were looking at training courses. We were looking at um, all sorts of things that could help his mental health. The Devon uh, Recovery Learning Programme, which is for people with mental health problems, has a whole range of courses and things available. And I was actually taking him to some of those because he was so anxious and so low that he couldn't do that himself. We did some of the um, the walking group in, in Crediton. We went to um, just different things to give him that step up that he needed. And since then, it, things aren't fantastic. But over the year, we he has uh, dug deeper and found ways of, of, of helping himself not to get so low, recognising things. And, and um, the pandemic hasn't helped, I have to say. But um, it, it's things like that, just, just little things where it doesn't take a lot sometimes just to give that person that step up to do something. And some, someone like this gentleman or, or anyone who comes to the food bank, do, do they start out just coming to get some food and then you end up chatting with them? And how, do, how does that process work? How does it go from just providing some tins of food to providing all this kind of support? Yeah, good question. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that we do is we, we do chat about their reasons for coming. We don't want people to become dependent on us. So what we will say is, you know, are, there, are you getting all the support you need? Are there other ways that we can help? And 
you do build up relationships with them, even if it's just by texting. And suddenly you're there and you're saying, well, look, let's see if we can help you. Can we refer you to help you with some debt and money advice or something? And the stories start pouring out. And with some people are very, very private about it. And some people, they've just been waiting for someone to ask them those questions. Um, we had a, a family come along and I was beginning to think they're really becoming dependent on the on the food bank. This is not good. And I said to them, you know, can you come along? Let's introduce you to the debt and money advice lady and see if she can help. And it turns out that they were really, they were at a point where they didn't know what the next step was going to be or how they could get out. They'd been putting their head in the sand for so long and had so many debts and bills. Um, and your your opinion of that family then suddenly completely changes. And they're so grateful that they've they're working their way through this this terrible thing, but we're still there helping them week by week at the moment until they can sort things out. So yeah, it's that's how it works really. Is that very important to you that people don't become dependent on the on the food bank? Yeah, absolutely. Um, that wouldn't be doing them any favours. Um, there is help out there. Accessing it, um, it it takes more than just them wanting to do it they've got to they, they've got to be really motivated to do it sometimes and that's sometimes the hardest thing I, I want to get a sense of poverty I suppose or hunger in in Crediton and 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 the surrounding area um can you give us a breakdown of how many how many people do come and use it short term and how many come and use it for for longer term what what's your what's the experience of that you don't you don't need to give me numbers but just what is your general sense like is it often people just come and they need it for a few weeks at a time or how does that what's your experience of this yes. we well actually we've worked out um that over the last probably not during the pandemic but before that it was fairly even there was about a third of people that would lose use it very regularly a third of people that would come backwards and forwards backwards and forwards and then a third of people that would just come on the odd occasion out of the blue I mean our numbers in 2019 we were feeding 1,859 adults and children throughout the year so it's 2020 with the pandemic hit that went up to 5,000 so that shows you the difference that 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 you know that with furlough and job sending and and things that it really shot up that's um that's really striking isn't it and I, I wonder if we look ahead a bit to the future we're having this conversation in, in October 2021 and there's talk about the cost of uh, fuel and food price rises I mean that's a huge growth isn't it in a year are you anticipating this growth to continue or or what well, what has happened um, during the last year, 2021, is our numbers have gradually been reducing. And in fact, in sept in August, they were practically the same as pre-pandemic, which is quite surprising. Um, as you say, I'm expecting them to really sh- start shooting up now. We've got the fuel costs, we've got the the um, the cost of li- all the cost of living that's going up, and the the cut for um, of uh, for to universal credit now that's 20 pounds a week and for the average person that's going to be at 13 percent of their income and for some families the figure will be as high as 21 percent uh cut and that is huge to people who have got relatively little you know um i was looking at some stats it said one in ten people say they're very likely not to be able to cook food because they wouldn't be able to afford to use an oven 
They say they're very likely to skip meals. One in five said they will struggle to heat their homes this this winter. That's from the trustletrust.org. Uh, but and and is that your are you having similar conversations with people at the moment? Yeah, like that. Absolutely, absolutely, yes, yeah. And it's uh, surprising that that sixty percent of households actually live in poverty. That they're working working households live in poverty. It's not they're not all on just on benefits. You know, there are a lot that are working that are struggling. Hmm. And. Tell me a bit about the changes that are happening at the food bank at the moment, because you've just registered as a charity and you're stepping back. Is that yes. right? Tell, tell me about why why this is happening now. Three and a half years ago, I uh, managed to get some funding to so that I could do the community support side. Uh, the food bank was just run by volunteers at the time. So that has run out in June. And we very much decided that because of the numbers and the way the food bank had grown, it needed to be on a sort of firmer foundation and it was set up as an initiative of Christians Together in Crediton, which was absolutely great and it's really grown from that, but it's kind of outgrown it. So we thought it needed to be established and we set about um, setting it up as a charity, uh, which happened in July. Um, and we're really grateful to all the people that sat on that steering group and it was seven months of you know hard work to get that up and running. Um, and we've now got things in place. We're now able to actually pay for a coordinator and community support worker. Um, and we've now you know, got the rent that we're paying and all those other thick costs. But people in Crediton have been so, so generous with their, their money and their time um, that we are able to do that now. So moving forward, um, I'm now going to be line managing the new coordinator um, and uh, being the chair of trustees for, uh, at the moment. So, yes, well, good news. I'm I'm curious to learn from you what what you've learned during your time in those these three and a half years. Like what kind of things have surprised you about um about credit about life in Crediton and about the challenges people face? Mm-hmm. Um I think my jobs before that I've had previously, I've always had to be, you know, you like you you learn that you're not meant to be judgmental in any way and you try very hard to do that. Um you obviously are. Everybody's judgmental within the first few minutes of seeing someone. But the thing I've learned, I suppose, mostly through doing the food bank is you cannot judge a person by what they look like. You can't judge a book by its cover. And whether that's somebody who's very well turned out, very nicely spoken, and their story is one of of, of, of real trouble and things happening. I, I mean, I've had... Um, just an example of that was a, a marriage breakup. We've had quite a few people who have struggled through marriage breakups. Children were at private school. There's mortgage on the house. And suddenly the other person's gone with the money. Um, and so they, they've had to change everything they do. Children have gone to the local schools. They haven't got enough money to pay their bills. So that's one area. You could easily say, well, that person's, you know, what are they doing coming to the, the food bank? But they needed to. And then you'll see another person who's, you know, really looking tired and worn and dirty and they might be completely different. And so you learn that, you know, they've got all sorts of skills and things that that you don't don't realise just just from looking at them. So I've learned very much that I need to listen to their stories, first of all, before you, you know, think anything about them. Um, and, And once you do that... It just makes a huge difference, you know, and and I think the areas in Crediton. I mean, I've been 
that challenge me most, I suppose, and have challenged me most, are the people that are suffering from either mental health or addictions of alcohol or or drugs. Um, and we have several that come along regularly to the food bank, and it's finding the support to help them. They've lost those aspirations that life can be any different, and that's really sad, you know, to to not be able to instill that in anyone or or awaken it in anyone really that they they just life is like it is and they will carry on and on going round in that same circle and you just want to do something to to help them out of it and you can't always because the person has to want to make those changes themselves and that's the hardest thing that they can do is um, either accept that they need help or, or actually make this make that one step towards it really so yes yeah, crediton is a a lovely place to live, a lovely community. Um, I mean, that's the other thing that's just been amazing over the last few years is the generosity of everyone. As I said, you know, it's it's really heartwarming to see um, the number of people have, who've volunteered and want to help, you know, and then who have given money, who have given food. It's uh, it's yeah, it's just fantastic. Yeah, because you gave me those numbers a few minutes ago about the, the, the growth in people using the feedback between 2019 and then 2020. Have you, have you sounds like you've seen a similar rise in people contributing to the food bank as well during that time. Has, has, the, has that, that rise in support um, matched the rise in need? Absolutely. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, we've... Um, the, the, it has enabled us now to find a salary for a you know for a for a coordinator um and we have money to buy plenty of money to buy fresh food which we buy fresh food every week you know chicken and meat and and, um sausages eggs bread cheese you know things that are slightly healthier than the and fresh vegetables that we always give out in the parcels so that that they're not just getting tins and packets so that's very important to, to us as well but yes it has matched I'm interested in well, as well in um, okay. So if if you were purely just giving food to people, um, then you know people could come get the food and go. But you talked about how important it is to listen to people, and that that can take time. Um, I wonder as as well as the you know the donations of food and the money that buys the food and things like that. Um, do you have enough time to do all the the listening that is required for this role? Like how? how Tell me about that. Um, well, funnily enough, one of my aims for the last year was to um, build up a bank of volunteers who would do some of that listening and getting alongside people having coffee. But of course, you couldn't do that because of COVID. So um, a lot of my work during the pandemic was um, was text conversations often, or sometimes I would ring people up and have those conversations. And because I think people didn't have a lot of... Um, contact with the outside world people would really want to talk and um you built up some great um, relationships with people um it is difficult yes um and now we're seeing more people come to the food bank rather than just deliver as we were during covid then that means that you can have those conversations you know on albeit on the doorstep or in the car park uh but yes it does take time but then people are worth it aren't they (laughs) yeah yeah people listening to this what can they best do to support you 
I guess keep supporting the way they have with um, volunteering, with donating money, donating food. Um, I, I guess the, that is the thing that I would like to do is build that bank of, of volunteers. But then it's just not up to me. It's up to the new coordinator who's there really um, to get alongside people. Um, some people, you know, with mental health problems it's really hard for them to go out and do things and just to meet them in the town square for a cup of coffee probably would make a huge difference to some people's lives um and to be that non-judgmental person who who also has that background knowledge of knowing or or who can ask someone to know where to point people what direction and what's out there because there is such a lot out there for people to do you know if, if they want to so yeah it's it's kind of moving in that direction i think um finally i want to throw a bit of a curveball question at you <laughs> so i you know you described the food bank earlier as your your baby um and we all know the amount of time and effort that goes into nurturing and caring for something that you love um i just wonder i imagine the last year and a half or however long has been probably quite tiring a lot of what you've been doing and um i just wonder what you do to to relax and and you know kind of replenish your energy and things like that just yeah tell me about that uh yeah it has been especially the last year because we were open four days a week during the um, height of the pandemic um and we didn't do a lot of other community support at that time it was just purely getting keeping the food bank going keeping the food going out to people so yeah it's very important to um to have those boundaries and I've said that to the new um, coordinator actually it's really important to put in boundaries and say I'm not going to look at the phone today and um, I'm not going to answer any emails today (laughs) if it's an emergency we're not an emergency service that's the thing you know there are other other places out there people can go uh, to get help Um, so I mean I have to do things like escape nonsense on television watching the rugby going for walks, going swimming, that kind of thing, just to keep keep me sane, yeah. Chris, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you very much, Jake. That was Chris Parsons from Crediton Food Bank. And if you want to find out more about the food bank, then just look them up on Facebook or you can visit creditoncongregational.org. But that's it for this episode. Until next time, bye for now.